Hello, thank you for joining us. You're listening to Unchat Live. My name is Matt Phillips and this is episode two. Um, hopefully you're here because you've listened to episode one, which we uploaded uh, yesterday, in fact. Um, and episode two is all about the importance of the words that therapists use, um, the images that therapists use, and basically the fact that what as a runner you see and hear can affect the amount of pain you're feeling, and indeed if you even feel pain. Um, it was sparked by a letter I read uh, that a runner who visited me um, gave me from an orthopedic consultant. And within the words that um, he or she used, it basically had the sentence, um, the reason you're suffering is because it's your anatomy. And that opened up a whole debate on the overstress of um, structuralist issues and anatomy and explaining pain. Um, it's a very gray area full of misconceptions. So hopefully this episode will be useful to both therapists and runners. Um, I give a shout out to further um, fountains of information at the end of the podcast. Um, if you do enjoy it, as always, please like, share. We're now available on Pocket Cast and iTunes and uh, Spotify. So um, it's all up to you now. If you enjoy the good word, then please spread it. Um, I look forward to hopefully you joining me for the next episode. only just calmed down from a few days ago a few days ago I was livid for about six hours which as anyone who knows me will know is not in my character I don't get angry very easily at all but it was brought about by um, uh, a person who came in to see me and very concerned over a particular issue obviously I can't go into too much details because of client confidentiality and work but I looked at her notes and the notes included various letters from orthopedics, surgeons, consultants. And um, one of the things that stood out on a letter from an orthopedic consultant was this sentence, which is going to be out of context, but even alone, it annoyed me. Okay. And the sentence was, the problem is your anatomy. Okay, now I'm quite biased. Okay, I know that it gets my back up as soon as I hear any language which I feel could make the patient feel weak, uh, make the patient feel vulnerable to either paying loads of money for a solution or just walking out of the clinic feeling sad and depressed. I know, or I believe, because of what I've read, that this can all increase pain and increase sensitivity. But when I read this comment, the problem is your anatomy, um, along with the state which the and the state is a fair enough word which the uh, person who came to see me was in and the concerns that this person raised um, it just all started unraveling that unfortunately like many people um, who visit healthcare professionals they've seen someone else down the line and the more people they see the higher the chance is that the reason they're hopping around is because they're just being told things which have scared them to death um, and that's the subject of this little chat today on Sunday morning. The topic of how important what you say is with regards to, to pain, which is essentially is why people come to see us in clinic. Um, if you're not familiar with what I'm talking about, then I suggest you go pretty much straight away. If you're a therapist, um, then go and get in contact with or go and 
watch on YouTube some David Butler, Lorna Mosley, maybe read some Louis Gifford, maybe uh, some uh, Mike Stewart of NoPain.co.uk. Um, some, there's lots there's lots of information out there now it seems like lots to me because i'm in the center of the hub but obviously it's not filtering out nearly as quickly as we'd like um so oh arthur hello arthur sorry anna i should have said hello to you first but hey arthur how's it doing fantastic osteopath one of the good osteopaths who worked for us before anyway so yeah if you're not familiar with some of the concepts i'm talking about if you're not familiar with the word catastrophization then check out mosley butler mike stewart um, Louis Gifford. Um, if you are familiar, then hopefully this will just go over ground. If you're, if you're a person who suffers from pain, then bear with me because some of this might be a bit technical um, and I'll explain why in a minute. Anyway, the language we use is so important. Research shows that, how should we start? Let's start with the concept that pain is not the same as injury. It's not a measure of injury. Okay. Um, yes, if I pour this hot coffee over my head, I will experience pain because it's hot coffee. Okay. But how much pain I experience will not be a direct result or won't be completely connected to how much damage is done. Okay. If I do this now and I know I'm going to do it, I could probably stay here and not really flinch at all. I could minimize the pain just by being prepared by knowing that people are watching me. It's a nice controlled environment. I could even smart. Should we have a go? Okay. No, I'm not going to do that because I've got clients at 10 o'clock. However, if I was sitting here talking and suddenly someone came in and threw a cup of coffee in my face, it would hurt like hell. Okay, so how can pain change depending on context? Well, the word is context. Okay, pain is not a measure of injury. Okay, it's actually a protective system. Um, from our brain and nervous system, um, which either warns us that damage has happened, um, but in effect, it doesn't actually do that. It warns, it warns us that thanks to the feedback it's receiving, it believes that damage is either gonna happen or has happened. And that's a very important difference because the idea of pain is an alarm, okay? It goes off when it feels that we're in danger, okay? This explains how, for example, a lot of the modern pain science came about um, with the war, people uh, with limb, having lost limbs and still feeling pain, phantom limb pain. If pain comes from tissues, how can you experience pain in a foot that's not even there? How can you experience pain of an ingrowing toenail, which the toe isn't there? The last time he felt that was 10 years ago when he had a foot. Um, my apologies if this is kind of teaching therapists out there to suck eggs, but it's. I'm also hoping these will mean something to... Um, just general people as well. So we know that the language we use can make an effect on the pain levels that people we see feel. People going into an operation, if they're explained what's gonna happen, for example, I think it was with hip replacements or knee replacements, if they're explained what's gonna happen, if they're talked through it, if they're calmed down, then after the operation, they hurt less. Okay, the same operation has been done. If they go and freaking out and they don't know what's going to happen and they've been shown these kind of photos of sawn bones and they have this idea of someone going to get a saw and go through, they'll come out of that operation in extreme pain. Okay, in there, okay? We're not saying it's all in your head. It kind of is because it comes out your head and your nervous system. But we're saying that what we 
feel, remember, uh, what we believe, what we see in a book, on a DVD, what we hear from the therapist's mouth or from the healthcare professional's mouth can perpetuate pain, it can make it worse, and it can also make it less. The same way as mummy telling us, everything's gonna be okay, it's okay, there's no blood, makes the pain go away if we're young. Okay, there's not a lot of difference between how we deal with pain as kids and how we manage to get over it when someone gives us an ice cream compared to how we are as adults. Okay, it's not as different as we may feel. So anyway, I'm rambling. So if you've just joined us, yeah, I'm explaining why I was so annoyed to see in this letter from an orthopedic consultant and the sentence, the problem is your anatomy. Okay. Now to many of us, you might not freak out about that, but if you're somebody who's already got a collection of injuries and pain, already they're not feeling very confident in their body. A lot of the time, um, that's, Runners, for example, you, you always say, my body's let me down, this leg's let me down. It's always this idea, this battle between us and the part that's hurting. If a healthcare professional comes along and adds to that idea that your body is letting you down, that your anatomy is the problem. Okay, even if it's not made with bad intention, even if it's made to try and explain what's going on and the follow up is actually a valid point humans are just going to remember the bad stuff when they're in pain okay you can blah 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 to a patient and say the problem is your anatomy but don't worry we can do something about that forget the don't worry bit all they're going to remember is the problem is my anatomy okay and we know this as healthcare professionals because day after day they come to us and they say oh a podiatrist told me that i've got fallen arches they told me i need to wear these orthotics the rest of my life um a chiropractor or osteopath or whatever told me that my spine's out of alignment um, I'm, I'm, I'm naturally out of alignment, I need clicking back into place. A sports uh, therapist has told me my glutes don't activate, that's the problem. I had one of them, that, well I have them every day. But a guy the other day who was so strong and big and muscly and I'm sounding like I fancied him but I'm just trying to say, he's standing there and he's this massive muscle and he goes, I know my glutes don't work. And I'm like, I have to hold it in because for him to say that with the physique he had and, and the accomplishments he's got in terms of running, it just inside I'm going, how can you say that? So depending on the person, I might try and say, well, the fact you walked here today kind of tells me your glutes do work. Okay, you have to be careful how you, if you're a clinician listening to this, you'll be careful if you use a sense of humor or not. But it's important to dispel these myths because one, it can perpetuate pain and two, it can lead to this person embarking on this corrective exercise idea of trying to get their glutes working again, which is probably not the source of the problem. Their glutes work, okay? Um, so yeah, the language we use. I remember, if you're not, if you're a clinician, okay, and you kind of know about this, or maybe you don't know about this, what I want you to do after this little chat is, I want you just to have a walk around your clinic next time you're there. I'm here now. And just have a look how many things in there could cause catastrophization or could cause a sense of a patient or person feeling weak or vulnerable. Um, how many things around here? Okay. You may be surprised when you change your mindset, how many things you want to actually change in your clinic. I remember when Mike Stewart came here years ago, years ago to um, do his no pain course. And I've already met Mike a couple of times when we were speaking at Therapy Expo. Um, so I wasn't kind of worried about meeting him. It wasn't like when I met 
Greg Lehman for the first time, pick him up from host station. That was like, oh my God, it's the Lehman's coming to town. What's he going to look like? What's he going to wear? Um, that was different because I'd never met him before. But, but Mike, I knew. But the morning when I knew he was coming, I suddenly looked around and we had these kind of mugs in clinic, which we gave to people. And it said athlete in rehab. Now, the idea was a good intention, calling one as an athlete. Everyone is, likes being called an athlete. It bigs you up. But then the in rehab bit, every time you drink your coffee, and rehab is, again, a word which, once you change the mindset, you realise if you say to the wrong person they're in rehab, again, it, will, it can perpetuate a state of um, incompleteness, a state of, I've still got work that needs to be done, I'm not ready to do this. Um, once you get into this stuff, you really realise... you. you you have to start changing a lot of the vocabulary you've used to date and vocabulary which before you felt was completely innocent um so yeah suddenly i thought oh my god i've put out 10 mugs with athlete in rehab on the tables thinking that was great that was really nice i collected them all in and then i thought oh it's all right mike's here in 10 minutes or something and then i noticed that we had you know these kind of spines and knees and things little models which you have lying around they kind of make a clinic you think well that looks professional that looks scientific i've got a nice picture here or not a picture i've got a tangible touchy touchy spine here and it even shows a nice red dot of a slipped disc and a prolapsed disc and i've got a knee here with the meniscus kind of cut out and laid next to it again i realized even though i'd read about this on mike's blogs imagine if someone is suffering from knee pain and they walk into your clinic and they look on your shelf as they will look around they're already a little bit kind of oh god i'm here are they going to be able to help me and they see a, a, an atom, anatomical model of a knee with a meniscus kind of taken out and cut in half or, or a spine. They come with back pain and they see a spine and there's a big red dot and kind of this kind of plastic oozing stuff coming out of it. How is that going to affect them? OK, you can be the biggest, nastiest man or woman um, in the world, but all of us have got. Thank God, this protective defense system inside. Okay, it helps us get from day to day and it's a little alarm. It's not like you don't hear it consciously, but inside it has to work. And seeing these things can spark off that little alarm inside. Okay, and it happens all the time. You know, when you see something um, which makes you flinch, um, or if you see a, an operation on, your, on, on someone else's knee or something, if you're watching TV, you start rubbing your knee. Okay, or you start kind of thinking oh my back hurts a bit after you see somebody talking about back pain or it just happens okay so yeah little thing to do walk around your clinic and see how many things could potentially tap into that natural system of defense which we've all got and could raise the sensitivity could make the person actually inside feel a little bit more vulnerable could perpetuate a state of something's broken something's wrong right how are we doing it's nine seventeen. Um, I don't really want to do these for more than 17 minutes, so I think I might leave it there. Let me just have a coffee and think if there's anything else I wanted to say. No, I think that's about it. So, sorry if I've ranted a bit today, but the message is, if you're not familiar with um, the power that language has over people's uh, states of pain, then get familiar with it. I've already said, check out Laura Mosley, if you like a little bit of comedy in the Australian accent, he's your man, David Butler, um, 
you could check out Mike Stewart's website, nopain.co.uk. He's got some great stuff on there. You could check out Greg Lehman if you want to kind of uh, bridge the gap between biomechanics and pain science. You could check out uh, Ben Cormack from Core Kinetics. He's got some fantastic things on movement and pain. Um, I could go on forever, and I'm sorry if I've missed people. There's lots of other people, so I'm sorry. I'm going to stop there. Um, I think next week, well, I might change my mind. I want to connect this to CPD because I worry that the reason that messages like this aren't being filtered out to healthcare professionals quicker is because the majority of CPD out there is still perpetuating the whole structuralist way of doing stuff. It's still feeding people with spoons and therefore, I can't remember the saying now, um, if you get spoon fed then all you can do is produce spoons so i can't remember who said that it's someone very intelligent so yeah i think next week we'll talk about cpd um and and how difficult it can be for therapists to change this perspective and and learn new stuff which can actually help you and the, and the patient or the person okay thanks for listening and um if you're around next sunday at nine o'clock i will be here it's studio 57 and home out you're listening to Run Chat Live podcast, putting the evidence back into running injury and performance.